Hi, my name is Amy Magstat, and this podcast is all about my journey with endometriosis. I hope in sharing my story, it may help others who may be suffering and to know you are not alone. Welcome to It's All in My Head. Hi, it's Amy. Thanks for listening to It's All in My Head. Happy Endometriosis Awareness Month. I am so excited for some amazing events for our community, and I wanted to share a few of the ones I'll be attending in case you want to check them out. They are virtual. Uh, March 5th through the 7th is the Endometriosis Summit. On March 6th is the American End of Endo Project's One Hope Wine Cell event. On March 19th through the 21st, Endo Black is having an Advocate and Allies Conference. And lastly, on March 26th to the 28th, it is the Worldwide Endo March. And I am so excited for all of these events and that we can connect and learn and spread awareness um, through this month. Now I am so excited to get to share another Endo Warrior story. I am so honored to have Rachel bravely share her endometriosis journey and her struggles with fertility and with miscarriages. I am so thankful she shared her story with me, and now I can share it with you. So here is Rachel's story. Hello. Hi, Rachel. Hi, Hi, Amy. How are you? I'm good. How are you? I'm good. It feels like forever since I've talked to you. This is so fun. I'm so, I can't tell you how appreciative I am that you're doing this. It's going to be awesome. Thank you. It's I'm my really pleasure. Excited. I'm really excited. Um, so let's just go in. I think okay. we just, let's start with a, um, kind of, I don't know if you want to start with a little bit about yourself and then maybe um, how you were diagnosed or when you started okay. having symptoms. Sure. Um, so my name is Rachel. <laughs> um, I have two girls. Um, I'm a mom and I also work full time for a bank. Um, my daughters are six and two, and their names are Hope and Harmony. Um, and I live in Santa Rosa with my wonderful husband. Um, so I was diagnosed with endometriosis when I actually, I think I was about 31. This was a lot mm-hmm. later. Um, and I've noticed a trend when I've listened to your podcast. It's like everyone says, but you know, when I think back, yeah, (laughs) Yeah. right. Um, so when I was in high school, um, I had a lot of symptoms of endometriosis, you know, that was never mentioned then. I actually didn't even know what it was until Mm -hmm. I was diagnosed. Um, but I had a lot of symptoms and, and my main, my main symptom, which I've, which is, I've always had has been horrible, horrible, painful cramps, like very bad pain. Um, So I had really bad periods in high school, really bad cramping. My mom took me to an OB and they, at that time, you know, and it's still true, hormone therapy or birth control um, helps ease cramp, you know, painful cramps. And so I was put on birth control, I think about 17 years old. Um, and I stayed on birth control until I was 31 years old. Oh, wow. Yes. So I, and you know, between that time, you know, 
there, when I think back, there are some other things, like I had a lot of UTIs and a lot of bladder issues and bladder pain. I was like diagnosed in my early twenties with, um, I think it's called interstitial. Uh, is it interstitial cystitis? Yes. Is that what yes, I've heard that's that? it. So, um, had some other issues, but really the, the birth control pills that I was on did, you know, help it help my symptoms. Um, and kept everything kind of at bay. So I met my husband, I was 28. Um, and about, you know, early thirties, we decided we wanted to start a family. And so I went off birth control. Um, and I was having a hard time. We weren't getting pregnant. Um, and then I started to have a lot of pelvic pain. Mm -hmm. Well, at the time I didn't, realize it had to do with my uterus. Um, so I was going to the doctor. We all thought it was stomach related, um, or intestinal, you know, intestinal issues. Um, and so I think it was like a year of tests. Like I had a cat scan where you swallow the barium. Um, I did like, I think they did an MRI of my stomach, like totally like just going, you know, doing a poo test, you know, like yeah. everything you would do, blood tests, everything. Um, and then I had this doctor at one point was like, you know what, I'm going to refer you to OB. I think this might be endometriosis. And I'm like, what is that? Um, and so I went to my OB, um, who ended up being my OB for my first baby, but she, um, we discussed everything and she's like, you know what? I really think you have endometriosis. I want to do a laparoscopy. I can never say it right. No, Um, I think you said it right. (laughs) Yeah. A laparoscopy. We're going to check your appendix just in case, you know, and they, you know, I'd had every test and everything was normal. Um, and so I kind of did some research then and it was like making sense, um, with the pain and the pain was constant. I actually had bruises on my um, lower abdomen from pushing from the pain. Yeah. Um, right where my ovaries were. I think they also may have found some cysts in there, but mm-hmm. um, yeah, I had bruises down there because I just was, I was just in total pain all the time. It was never, it was obviously during my period, but also in the middle of the month and just constant. Um so she did the laparoscopy and I remember waking up from the surgery. It's like an outpatient surgery. And she said, you have endometriosis. I, um, whatever they do, burned it off. Uh I think they call it. Yes. I ablated it. You need to start getting pregnant right away. Like I just, Mm -hmm. I remember that conversation, like being out of it, but like really listening to her. And then, you know, during follow-up her explaining, um, that endo, you know, the, when you have endo, it, it, your chances of getting pregnant are harder than others. Um, and I think, I think, and correct me if I'm wrong, but it's because of the scarring in your uterus and the, the different, you know, the cell growth and things that like an egg can't implant on. Um, yeah. And it can attack, it can grow on your, your fallopian tubes and on your yes. ovaries. So it can affect all of the. 
possibly get pregnant, you know? Yep. So her advice obviously is you guys need to, you know, really start trying. We've, we've corrected, hopefully corrected the issue and, and it did help with the pain. I did have some like residual problems after that surgery. It took a really long time to recover. Mm-hmm. Um, and I had, I think I had some like nerve pain and, and I think I learned from you, like nerve pain is a symptom. Yeah. Um, I had, I, I, I never, I didn't recover for a long time, but we were still trying. Um, and I got pregnant. And I think I was 32. And unfortunately, we lost that baby. Mm. Um, So that was in, um, I think I was, it was the first appointment that I, we went in and there was no heartbeat. So that was really a really hard time for us. And, you know, it was our first pregnancy and um, really, really hard on me. Um, And it it affected a lot of things in my life. And, um, I wish I would have at the time sought some professional help for that. And that's what Mm -hmm. I would advice I would give people who are suffering a loss is to talk to somebody. Um, so going through that really broke me and it, it took a whole other year of, um, trying. Um, and you know, there was, times where we would take a break. And I actually remember I would go on the pill because I had such bad cramps and, oh wow, you know, there's anxiety around that. There's PTSD mm-hmm. and anxiety oh, yeah. and, and, you know, like knowing that it grows back, the endo grows back, you know, I was warned. Um, and so being, it's, it's such a tough position to be in because you know, that being off hormone for me, being off hormones was just made every exasperated everything. It made everything worse. My cramps were horrible, but then I wanted a family so badly, you know? Um, so, you know, it took another year and then I got pregnant exactly a year later after my miscarriage. And we actually were about to see a fertility specialist and we had some work done. We had blood work and I think my husband's sperm was checked and everything was fine. Mm. So I think, I do think the endo had a play in that. Yeah. Um, and so we, we, uh, got pregnant and, and we have our wonderful daughter, um, hope is her name. And, and that's, you know, a lot of people don't know this, but we named her hope because, of what we've been through, you know, we just been through a lot and we really did, you know, it affected our marriage. It, you know, and I remember my husband saying to me, we just need to have hope. And like, we kind of just knew that was going to be her name, you know? (laughs) So we have our our wonderful daughter. Um, and so after I had hope, um, I was breastfeeding and not getting a uh, my cycles back. And then once they came back, oh my gosh, it was like with a vengeance, Ugh. um, horrible again, horrible pain is, is my symptom. Like cr- the cramps, I couldn't work. Um, I'd be in bed. Um, and we, I think she was about 14 months when my cycle started. So I, t- I spoke to, and my insurance had changed. So I didn't have my OB mm. who had, was aware of my um, history and like who knew more about endo. She was a doctor at Kaiser and my insurance had changed. So I was looking for a doctor. Um, 
and having horrible pain. And honestly, the only thing that worked for me, um, was narcotics. Yeah. Um, and it's a little bit embarrassing to admit that, but <gasps> don't be and embarrassed. And it, don't and be it's embarrassed. So yeah. hard to like, and I'm not an addictive person, Yeah, but to try to get narcotics is, I mean, I would beg and I, I like would hoard the five pills that I got from having birth, like giving birth, you know, but that's like really kind of what got me through. Um, yeah. And so I talked to, I was trying all these different OBs and I talked to one and she's like, why don't you try the Depo Provera shots? <laughs> I tried that and it was horrible. I would yeah. not recommend that. Um, the side effects were awful for me. I like turned into a crazy person. I was really emotional I had horrible spotting. It was like actually even worse. It made everything worse. And then I could not get my period back because it kind of, it, I mean, I'm sure you know all about it. It kind of like freezes your system. Like I think, doesn't it put you in a menopause? Like kind of, I mean, it's not as, it's not like Lupron where it really puts you in menopause, but it does do that. I mean, it stops your cycle and it's a shot. So you can't get, it's not like a pill where you can just stop it and hope that everything comes back. You have no control of when it's going to leave your system. Really? Yes, exactly. And I was upset because I kind of didn't, and and that maybe that was on me, but I didn't really do my research and I trusted this doctor. And then I, you know, at that point we're talking, do we want to start, you know, like not start a family, but like increase our family. Um, and I wasn't getting a period and, um, I think I actually did two cycles. She convinced me. So we kind of went through that and it was hard. And, yeah. um, and then at that point, you know, we we're wanting to try again and my, got my cycles under, under control, started trying again, went through the same thing every month, lots of pain. I had middle schmerz too, which as you know, is pain, um, ovulation pain like yeah that really bad um and just would deal with monthly pain period you know painful periods and then negative pregnancy tests right it's like pain it's like pain on pain (sighs) you're like seriously (laughs) because you know if you'll get pregnant at least you get that (laughs) so so at that point I mean it's been so so this all started so that I was 31 I had hope when I was 34 this was around age 36 37 working on it, um, and got pregnant and went, everything was great. Um, went to the OB twice, heard a heartbeat, my 12 week checkup, actually not even my 12 week checkup. I woke up in the middle of the night at 11 and a half weeks and I was bleeding. And so I went to the ER and there was no heartbeat. So we lost that baby. And that was, so hard, you know, we'd been through it before. Um, we had seen the heartbeat. It was really, really, really hard to go through that. Um, and so from there, uh, I just, um, I kind of changed my route and how I was handling things. And I went and saw a therapist and, Mm -hmm. Oh my gosh, that helps so much. And, um, just talking to someone and, you know, and then I actually really started to research endometriosis Mm. and, um, and there's not the unfortunate thing is, you know, there's just not a lot of information out there. And even, even my OB at the time, um, 
So I, you know, switched OBs several times, found an OB that I liked. He was, he was good, still not an expert in the subject, um, but listened to me and was well aware of my um, anxiety and uh, surrounding miscarriages and all that. And I asked him, um, do you think my endometriosis caused, has caused these losses? And he's like, honestly, I don't know. Mm-hmm. So, you know, I did a lot of research about that. I was researching my cycle. Like I really kind of started to look at my body and like why, you know, what was going on and, and what I could do to maybe prevent that and help myself and take care of myself and, um, you know, did some research. It is, um, there have been studies that show that 80% of people, uh, you have an 80% more likely chance to miscarry when you have endometriosis. Yeah. yeah. So, um, I mean, who knows? Like, I, I mean, I wouldn't wish it on anyone. It was horrible, but um, I don't know. Sometimes that's just what I tell myself. Like, maybe that's why, like, yeah. I have no idea. Um, but yeah, so I had a really hard time, but I also sought help and that really helped. I even went, I did, um, went and saw an acupuncturist. Mm-hmm. I took Chinese herbs. Like I seriously did everything. Um, and then fortunately we got pregnant again and I had read also some studies about progesterone and how it thickens the lining of your uterus so that, um, people who've had multiple miscarriages or, um, people with endometriosis that kind of helps your egg, um, like a better environment for your egg. And so my doctor put me on progesterone suppositories when I got pregnant again. And at this point I was, this was, um, I was 37 years old. Mm -hmm. Um, so it had taken me a good six years to have my two girls, actually seven. Um, you know, and that wasn't my plan, but it is what it is. And I'm grateful for them. But, um, yeah, it took me a really long time to get, to go there, get there. Um, but yeah, so my doctor put me on, um, progesterone, progesterone suppositories, which I did for 10 weeks and everything went well. And I have a beautiful younger daughter. Her name is Harmony. Um, Your girls are so cute. (laughs) They're so Yeah. So, I mean, it's a happy ending. Um, And we did go through a lot. And um, I, I, now I have my endo under control. Um, I take birth control pills. I will always need to be on hormones, like until I go through menopause. Yeah. Um, And, you know, there's, there's side effects and there's, um, you know, there are some sacrifices there, but, um, it does keep it under control. And right now I'm on continue continual use. Um, so I just continue to take it so that I don't have a period because even when I'm on the pill, my periods are really intense. So, yeah. Um, but yeah, that's my story in a nutshell. And, yeah. um, and I, I, I mean, let me know if you have any, well, I do have some questions, just some comments because I just, I mean, I just can't thank you enough, honestly, for sharing this because I know it's, I'm sure it's PTSD and traumatic. That was traumatic. I mean, it's very, as a mom, I can't imagine that pain. I don't want to know the pain you went through. And I'm so grateful you have your two girls, but I just think about like, 
um, as you're talking about your doctors and like you having to finally advocate for yourself, like, okay, I got to learn my body. I got to know what's going on and going to them and saying, is this causing it? You know? Yeah. I feel like we have to do that because doctors don't know enough. And I just commend you so much for doing that, but also for sharing this part for people that may come up, you know, into, I can't get pregnant or I keep losing. And maybe they can recommend, you know, progesterone to their, to the doctor. Hey, someone else tried this. I just think it's so amazing that you're being open and sharing. And I'm so sorry that your journey had to be that way, but I feel like um, I don't know. I just feel like sometimes, okay, you're here and you're sharing and maybe that's why, but we don't yeah. know why, you know? Yeah. And I just, I just thank you so much. And I really, um, I think it's so awesome that you, the second time realized I need help, like therapists, yes. like, you know, got support for yourself. Cause how did that, uh, like, I'm just thinking about you and your husband, how did he have, um, did, you know, he have trouble. Did he go to a therapist? You know, how did that affect your guys' relationship? Cause it's so hard as a person that you're in pain and you're going through it all. But I think about, yeah. you know, your relationship too. Yeah, it did. I mean, the first miscarriage that we had, we kind of brushed under the rug, but I was in a lot of pain and, you know, we, we had, we had a lot of issues through in our relationship after mm-hmm. that. And it's because we didn't, I mean, for him, it was, you know, it wasn't his body. And right. I understand that. Like, and, and we talked about that, you know, like, he's like, it's, it's hard for me because it wasn't my body. Of course I'm sad. You know, the second time around was really hard on both of us, but I getting myself help, like, and I was able to talk to him about it and yeah. what I was talking to the therapist about that really helped. I mean, I, I can't, seeing a therapist talking to somebody outside of your realm, it really, really did help me. Um, and, and just the, the other things that come with that, you know, PTSD for, I did, and and the therapist diagnosed me with PTSD. Mm -hmm. I was, when I got pregnant the fourth time, I mean, I was a mess. Like I was so hard, but, um, but also, you know, there's a lot of jealousy. Like that was really hard for me. It was the jealous jealousy. You know, I had friends who were getting pregnant and, um, I hated feeling like that. Like I wanted to be happy for everyone. You know, I love these people and that was so hard. So seeing a therapist really helped with that too. I mean, it did like, I, I came out of that, you know, a lot stronger and I wish I would have done that the first time around. And we survived and we got through, but, um, yeah, I would definitely recommend, you know, if you're going through a loss to talk to somebody or even another mom who's been through it. And, you know, I've, I've reached out to moms that I've known who've experienced that and they're very grateful and yeah, you know, cause it's different coming from that experience side. And that was one of my questions I was going to ask you as a person from the outside, what would you, um, what advice would you give to others that want to support someone going through this? And they just, I know some people will say, I don't know what to say. And, yeah. you know, um, but as a person going through it was helpful that you heard and maybe something you would say, please don't say that ever. <laughs> I think what um, really bothered me and, you know, and I think people feel, you know, they're, they're coming out of a place of love and they don't mean it, but like, when people say, well, you, it happened for a reason. There was a reason why, 
you know, that's hard. That's so hard to hear. You know, it's just so, and a lot of people said that. Um, so even my own doctor said that. Yeah. Cause I think Um, it makes you feel better, you know, like you're, yeah. But it didn't make I, me feel but better. But it doesn't make you better. It makes the other person feel better. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. What made me feel better is just having loved ones check on me. You know, that was that was meaningful. Um and and I had some good friends that were very supportive of me. And um one of my dearest friends uh, you know, pulled me aside when she was trying to get pregnant and and let me know. And that was really, that just meant a lot to me because she was considerate of my feelings. And, um, but yeah, I would say like in honoring those, you know, losses still, I still think about those babies and I think about them on their, I think about their due dates and, you know, um, I always like to, there's a, like a thing on Instagram, like lighting a candle. Like I put Mm -hmm. that up every year um, on infant loss awareness month and, you know, stuff like that. Like I really try not to forget. And it's important to me, um, when people like recognize that and, um, check in and, you know, um, and so, um, trying to think what else, I don't know, just having like support and, and people, um, reaching out was really helpful. It's hard though. It's like on, in both occasions, you know, I didn't, share like publicly mm-hmm. on Facebook or anything or so it's hard because you're kind of alone in a way and yeah um and so uh, I have mixed feelings about that um just because sometimes I'm like why you know I when I see people announcing their pregnancy so early I'm like ooh, yeah that's risky but also I'm like you know what though, if they're going to, if they go through a loss, they're going to have like a lot of support and a lot of people reaching out and all that. So I think it's good to talk about it for sure. Yeah. Yeah. And I think just you sharing is talking about it. And like I said, I am so sorry that you had to go through that because, you know, I I just, and those crazy because it does affect people so differently. And some people don't have problems at all getting pregnant and some people do. And some people don't even know, you know, that they have endo yeah. and they are just infertile and they keep scaring and they have yeah. no clue. And the, and I think yeah. it's just so, like you said, 80%, that's huge amount, I know. you know, and I found somewhere it was like 50% of infertile women are have endo. And it's like, yeah. that's a huge, and that was a while ago, that study. So it's like, if they did more research, maybe they would be know more about it, but you know, people are losing, you know, babies, you know, Mm -hmm. their pregnancies and it could be because of that. And I know just just putting the awareness out there is so, so important. Yeah. It'd be nice to have just, I mean, I still am not like crazy about my OB. I mean, it's, I I would love to find somebody that's just like, this is my specialty. Like this is everything I know. Like the doctor you found when, when you had your hysterectomy, like I, I mean, I, I wish there were more people like that here, like everywhere, everywhere. You know? Yeah. And easily access. Cause I think too, it's like when you look at insurance and the cost and yes. that's another huge thing, ablation, burning it off versus cutting it out. They won't pay yes. for it. It's like, it's yes. so crazy that we have to fight hard to get treated and to be believed and, yeah. you know, have someone that's a specialist. And it's so hard. You have to do this, like digging yes. to find the person, you know, yeah. it's so yeah 
so hard. And when you're already struggling and you're in pain every day, it's like the last thing you want to do is like, you know, yes, go on a binge on Google and try to find all this stuff. I know. know? Or like have to pay a bunch of money to drive to this, you know, San Jose or, you know, it's hard. It is so hard. And I do hope I do feel like there's more people talking about it and I feel like hopefully for the future that some, you know, girls that are younger won't have to go through this. Cause like you said, you're 30 in your thirties. So was I, you know, in my late thirties before you even hear the word that should not be happening. So yeah, totally. Agreed. Agreed. Yeah. Go ahead. Oh, I was just going to say, and you know, I had this plan in my life you know, in my twenties, I had this plan and I'm sure everybody thinks this and, you know, you think things are going to go a certain way and and they don't, and it's totally out of your control. And that was really hard for me to kind of grasp in my thirties. And, you know, I, I def, I wanted more kids. Um, Mm -hmm. that's not going to happen. Unfortunately, I'm 40 and, um, with, you know, my history is just, it's, it's just too much. Um, so I don't know, I would just, um, I would tell people to (laughs) not expect, you know, life isn't what you expect. Right. 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 Um, So it's so true. Yeah. And I'm definitely like, you know, sort of type a, like love planning (laughs) everything and you can't plan these sorts of things. Right. Exactly. Um, And it seems it's like it goes, of course it happens to the ones that would like to have it planned out, but that doesn't doesn't happen. But I wouldn't have in any other way. Obviously I, I love my family and, and my girls are amazing. They're gifts. And I'm so grateful because I know are so many women out there that that don't get that far right um so yeah I'm I'm very grateful well I am so grateful for you I am really grateful that you shared this I really am because um I think it's just like you said it's something that needs to be talked about and shared and I just really appreciate you being open and sharing today so yes Thank you so, so much. Thank you. And I will talk to you soon. Okay. (laughs) Okay. Thanks, Rachel. Okay. Bye. Bye.